to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is John Blatchford. John is the founder of Kunst, a real estate developer and syndicator in Cincinnati, Ohio. Since 2013, John has syndicated 12 multifamily projects with 95 total apartments completed or under construction. He has used more than $7 million in historic tax credits to reduce risk and increase returns, even in an economic downturn. So we're really happy to have you on the show today, John. How are you doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and how did you get started in real estate? I'm from uh, upstate New York, but I moved to uh, Cincinnati, Ohio in 2010. I went to grad school here, got an MBA at the University of Cincinnati. So really just started in real estate on the side. I was working at a small software company and we bought the first building for 5,000 bucks. Uh, it's a historic building in a downtown neighborhood here called Over the Rhine. And so the entire neighborhood is a historic district. And this was basically a vacant historic building. So 5,000 bucks, we kind of scrounged together $60,000 from 12 different people. So whoever would invest at that time, that was it. That was the first project. So a lot of pain, learned a lot of lessons and and kind of went from there. So from 2015, basically jumped in full time and started Kunst. And we've just been kind of developing apartments here in Cincinnati since then. So did you jump into historic buildings fully knowing what you're getting into? Or is that what you were planning to do? Or how did you actually get involved in the historic buildings and the tax credits? You know, maybe fortunate just to be here and, and that there was kind of the opportunity available. I think my interest is kind of historic preservation, you know, architecture design. So kind of came at it from that angle, but lucky to be in Cincinnati where there were a lot of, and there are a lot of uh, like great historic buildings. And where these tax credits are quite strong, you know, especially in the state of Ohio, but that there is a big kind of stock of historic buildings and that the tax credits are available. I think just jumped in because I liked old buildings and then fortunately found a way to make money doing it. So can you talk a little bit about historic tax credits? What are they and how does it work? There's a federal program and a state program. I believe they've been around since this, maybe the 70s. The federal program is available in the entire country. Obviously, each state then has their own program, which varies state by state. But uh, the federal program is effectively 20% of your project costs comes as a, a federal tax benefit. So if you have a million-dollar project, it's historic, and you do a historic renovation, you can get 20% of that back, so say $200,000, which then can be used potentially against your federal taxes. And then the state programs are kind of different state by state. In Ohio, it's... 25% credit. So that's on top of the other, you know, the federal 20%. And so again, a million dollar project, 25% credit. So 250 grand, uh, which you can use against your Ohio taxes. The cool thing in Ohio is that it's refundable. So if you don't use all of it or you can't use it, you don't have enough tax liability, then you actually get it as a refund. So it's direct deposit. Those two together, basically 45% of your project costs can come out as a tax credit. You, know, you have to apply, you have to meet certain regulations. The building itself has to be historic or be in a historic district. Yeah, we've used it on every project so far and it's served us well. How are you finding these historic buildings? Is it immediately in Ohio or are you guys also expanding outside of Ohio as well? Yeah, so we are just in Ohio and actually just really in two kind of neighborhoods, downtown and the Rhine uh, in Cincinnati. We're raising basically our second fund right now, and that's focused in those two neighborhoods. That's what we've been doing for five years. And probably when and if we would raise another fund, we'd probably move to another city that could, we could do a similar thing, the growth plan. But yeah, we're focused just in Cincinnati right now. 
Once you identify a historical building that you'd like to acquire, what is the process to apply for a historical tax credit? The building itself has to be in a historic district or itself uh, like a national historic landmark. So it starts with the building itself uh, that it qualifies. And then the second piece is you basically fill out this long text document, which says, including photos, which says the original floors are there. There's this original plaster on the ceiling. This door exists, door number one, door number two is missing. That whole thing, you document the entire condition of the building and then you say what you're going to do. So, okay, that door looks old. I'm going to keep it. This floor has the original flooring. We'll keep that, but this one doesn't. So we'll put a new floor, et cetera. So on a million dollar project, that might be like a 20 page document that you're kind of outlining everything you're going to do. So that's the application process. And then in Ohio, it's competitive where there's only so much money basically every year. And so you're competing against any other project that wants it. And they're really looking for like economic impact. So they want to see that you're going to create jobs, that you have the money to renovate the building, that you're going to do it in a quick period of time, that there's basically a hundred point system and the highest scores win. Uh, So you're competing against kind of all the other projects in Ohio for a limited amount of money. So that's, yeah, that's basically the application process. And then at the end, there's a certification to say, hey, we had this document saying what we're going to do. And we actually did that. We said we're going to keep door number one and we did or we said we're going to put in a new door that looks like this, and we did. And there's a there's back and forth through that whole process. So from start to finish, how long does the application process take until you get fully approved? Yeah, so you can apply twice a year. So it's typically in March and August. So actually, we're coming up on, on one here soon. And then it gets awarded in June and December. So in each case, it's about three months. So does this delay any of like the returns that you're expecting for the investors? And how does that kind of play into potentially a good and bad thing is that like what we're doing and what the historic buildings kind of require is like a complete renovation. So it's a we're taking out a 70% of the project construction loan, we have to go through the building department and get permits, engineering, the mechanical plans, all that. So even if it takes three months, hopefully during that entire time, we're getting a loan, we're getting permits. And then by the time we get the credits, we're kind of ready to start construction that same day. So it doesn't really potentially delay projects that much. Are there any restrictions on on the types of historical buildings that you can apply for? Not really. If So the neighborhood we're in here is over the Rhine. So pretty much any building in the neighborhood built before like 1950 qualifies. Like an individual building could be listed in the National Register of uh, Landmark Building. That's it. So it can't just be an old building anywhere, but it has to be in a nationally federally recognized historic district, uh, potentially a local recognized historic district, or the building itself recognized as like a national landmark. For this, the historical tax credits, the buildings that you've been purchasing, what has been the most challenging part of the process there? Starting out, I would say, you know, kind of financing. We didn't have a track record and didn't have a huge balance sheet or anything like that. So, so I think getting funding at first maybe was most difficult. Yeah, now I think it's probably balancing, trying to get the buildings done in a, as quickly as possible, but to do a high level of renovation and also the tax credits. And the construction industry, so we're the general contractor, we could do all the construction and people doing construction don't necessarily care maybe about the historic preservation aspect. So uh, that can be a challenge as well. And so then are you also getting tenants into these buildings as well? Yeah, so we only do multifamily. Maybe they'll have like first floor retail, but we don't really care that much about the retail or the commercial space. That's not, I mean, it's it's kind of a bonus really, but we're really interested in the multifamily and the apartments. And so, yeah, we finished the buildings and we're renting them out. So we're, we're doing the property management and filling them. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us. 
because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Do you guys require any type of applications or anything like that for tenants to be able to live into one of these historical buildings? We use, a, actually, it's a local software company called Inago. And so anybody that wants to live in our apartments, they have to apply. So they pay 35 bucks and does a background check. It does like a credit check. We do a typical deposit, either one month's rent or 500 bucks, just depending on the, the building. But that's basically it, yeah. What is your current focus right now, John? Started in 2015, five, six years into the business now. You know, I think... We've kind of proven a model. We've gotten really good at getting these tax credits. I think we've gotten quite good at construction and management. So I'm really trying to grow now. We're trying to do bigger projects here in Cincinnati, bigger buildings. You know, our biggest to date will be 22 units. Maybe we can get even into the 30, 40, 50 unit kind of range. And that might be interesting now with office buildings maybe becoming available or able to be converted. So getting a bunch bigger, I'm really just trying to kind of grow, effectively grow the company here in Cincinnati and then. Uh, potentially be on that. And so are you also building out with your team or are you primarily doing all this on your own? So we were now basically eight full-time people. We hired a full-time architect at the beginning of the year. We have a full-time person on kind of the property management you know, operations side. And then we have full-time construction people actually doing the work. And so, yeah, what I'm looking to hire now, we're basically hiring two positions. One is kind of on the finance side. We have all the construction draws. We have our investors. We have all the tenants basically a lot kind of on the accounting finance side and then construction management as we're basically uh, developing more buildings. So yeah, growing out the team and then also just raising more money, basically. How has the market been, especially during COVID right now for you guys? It's been good. I think multifamily is a good part of real estate to be in. It almost benefits in a down market where our apartments are for rent, all of them pretty much less than 1100 bucks a month. So we're kind of small, well-designed, but relatively affordable apartments. We haven't seen any downturn really. We just finished a building with 10 units and we leased out seven of them kind of the first month. So we will expect to be like fully occupied within two months. And we really haven't had any vacancy all the past year. So yeah, fortunately, I, I think relatively affordable apartments is, is really strong and hasn't, in our experience, been that hurt by COVID. If an investor has come over to you and they're not really familiar at all with the historical tax credit, what is kind of like the top, top level overview that you kind of explain to them, like what it is and how it can benefit them? The intent of the credit is really the government incentivizing good historic preservation. And so it's annoying to apply and to make sure you do the project right, whatever. But, you know, we've done more than 20 projects with the credit. So it's really kind of our expertise. And for the investor, what it allows for is typically 100% of their investment is going to be paid back in the first four years. And so that's, you know, the investor is really at risk if that their money is out there and they could lose that money. But with the tax credits, they get all their money out plus a return typically in less than four years. And that's kind of independent even of the rents because we have these tax credits. So like I said, 45% of the project cost is going to come out as a credit. Similar to what we were just talking about, like I think multifamily is really strong, but the tax credits are nice because they get a lot of the investor money out kind of independent of the project. And we've kind of made that our, our focus. Okay, that makes sense. 
And so there, it seems like, especially with the tax credits, there seems to be a little bit more of the risk is a little bit more minimized in that sense. Yeah, exactly. In a way that the government is kind of guaranteeing a certain part of the project. So it's, it's proven really good for us. Thank you so much for sharing, John. Also, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? I think probably it certainly made me more patient. You know, I think um, if we execute really well, a project will probably take a year and a half from the point we buy it until the point it's renting out. So that's a long timeline, you know, I think, for a lot of businesses and, and just in like your daily life for a project to take a year, two years, three years, you know, potentially it's going to be in my life for 10 or 20 or forever. So probably maybe more patient, more long term focused, uh, which I think is healthy and good. You know, you're always kind of putting out fires, especially doing a lot of the construction work. So, you know, just being very solution oriented and that you have a lot of control over the world around you, I think is important. So, uh, yeah, I'm grateful. And I think maybe the final point is like, it's not easy, I think, real estate development, but, it, you know, you don't have to maybe be super well connected. You don't have to necessarily be that rich. You don't have to be like the most brilliant person on earth and you can get to a decent level of wealth, I think. So that's a good pitch maybe for real estate. And what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? I think of a phrase like you can't eat net present value. I think starting out in real estate, it's easy to imagine like owning a big building and being a developer and just being in real estate. But you have to also consider like, well, how do you eat? How do you pay rent? How do you, like, where does the, where does the money come from in that entire transaction? Not just owning a piece of real estate. How do you like have money in your personal bank account from that? So I think that's something I've, you know, certainly tried to learn over the past five years. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? High pain tolerance and a long-term focus. You know, like I said, even in the best case scenario, it's just going to take years and years to really build the business. Operating in real estate, like it, it compounds over time. So as you go on, like uh, the value of the real estate and what you learn and stuff is compounding. But in the first three to five years, you're not going to see that much. So you know, I think you have to be patient. I think you have to be focused on the long term and, and be willing to kind of go through a lot of pain to hopefully get there you know, on a long timeline. Are there any tools or techniques that you can share that you have used to improve the efficiency of your life or your business? Yeah, so I've been, I've been working on that more even in the last year. One is this uh, payment processor basically called Roger. So that we're doing construction. We have you know, a lot of invoices to pay regularly, uh, subcontractors and all that. To have a way to manage it and not be handing people checks in person and knowing who you've paid and, and all that. Uh, that has helped a lot. And then um, certainly property management software. I think even if you have three units to have property management software is key. Um, there's a lot of good ones that are not expensive. The one we use is Anago here in Cincinnati, but that is a lifesaver in terms of just automatically invoicing people. They can submit maintenance tickets. They get late fees automatically. They can apply and sign leases. Um, to do that all that separately and to do it manually is, is really painful. So property management software has been super helpful. Um, and then, yeah, just task management. I think that can be pretty simple, but it's good to have software that you can keep everyone on the same page an update you know it's the thing especially i think with construction and development just like what was the progress what happened last week when did we start this when did we submit this permit like there's so many moving parts it's good you know if nothing else just to track how things are happening so you can look back and just kind of see where you are thanks for sharing john and so if our listeners wanted to find out more about you and where can they go company is kunst k-u-n-s-t our website is kunst.us k-u-n-s-t.us like united states and you can email me it's john at kunst.us i would say i try to be very responsive by email. So that's definitely the best way. Yeah, that's it. Our website and email. And yeah, I'd be interested if any, if I can help, if anybody's interested, 
and learning more or whatever. I'm open. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today, John. Really appreciate you sharing all the information and your journey and how we can apply historical tax credits. So we really appreciate all of that. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you. I appreciate the time. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.